a profound message of life, a message of life and death. And death, as we know, is the end of life in Planet Nine from Outer Space. Mafia, wake up, wake up. You have created a monster and it will destroy you. Did that sound as profound as our voiceover there in the movie? You couldn't have been any less <laughs> than what we saw in the movie. But you couldn't have tried any harder than what they did in the movie either. So it's a nice, nice little juxtaposition no, it's true. of effort. It's true. <laughs> Welcome back to the Monsters vs. Men podcast. It's the bargain basement of the Monster Podcasting Airways, where two friends try to stay alive and stay connected by chatting about weekly monster movies. This week, we are discussing Plan 9, from outer space, mm. a cult classic. That it is. That it is. <laughs> it's a often described Eric as the worst movie of all time. I believe at some Indeed. point, but, 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 but we'll, 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 we'll get into, we'll get that, into that a little bit. This is a a nice little, well, maybe attempted at inflicting pain by our producer John. Um, maybe, but we'll see if he succeeded. Yeah, we'll see. Um, before we get into it, though, quick Last of Us update, Alex. Oh, 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 uh, oh, oh. I know episode four was released on the show. Yep. Good stuff. Good stuff, good stuff. Good stuff. I think I'm at the same point in the game where the show apparently is at. Uh, we just got to Pittsburgh in the game. Oh, that's where it pops off. Yeah. Now, uh, I tell you, man. I am just, maybe I'm an old man. Uh, that's what I am. I'm an old man. I just, the video game medium, I used to be sold on it so hardcore as a storytelling medium. And I think I could be if I got back into gaming. It's weird. Like it's it's a muscle, right? It's a muscle that if you don't use, it just doesn't work quite the same. So like I find myself itching for more story because it is such a story-involved game that when I'm not getting the story, I'm like, just get me to the next story part. And then if I die or something happens, I'm like, oh my gosh, this is so annoying. I have to do this again. Uh, Eric, I think a lot of your experience with this is colored by the fact that you just want to get through the game and you so you can watch the show. That's, that's I, big, I, that's I would part. say that that's a big reason why you feel that way, if I'm being honest. Yeah. I think it's a lot yeah. less that, what you were saying. And more that you have plans that hinge on you completing this game. And so that you just want true. the game to be over. <laughs> I should, I should, that, yeah, I, sh- I, I'm probably just going to watch the show. So I'm getting to that point where I'm like, uh, I think I'm just going to watch the show and then maybe I'll go back and play the game and, and I'll just do it in reverse order. Most people do. And well, yeah, a lot of people are buying the game for the first time, so you wouldn't be, yeah. Oh, there you go. There you go. Uh, I, I I probably will. I, I I don't know. May jump in and watch the show because yeah, I, I do find the story interesting. It's very um, it's like a it's like one of my favorite movies. I think you've seen. I think you have seen this movie before, Children of oh Men, Alex. Um, <laughs> yes. Uh, I think you've seen it. it. It reminds me of that. Uh, 
And yeah, it's one that's one of my favorite movies of all and time. And one so. of your favorite books is The Road, isn't it? Yeah. Well, yeah and this I is love like the road. so much of The Road. Yeah, yeah. But but yeah. We'll see. We'll see. It we'll see if um so far it's been a lot like those two. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. 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 That's it's exactly Eric. Oh my gosh. <laughs> well, I started replaying last night. So there you go. There you go. Uh, no, honestly, it's not it's not bad at all in any way, shape, or form. And I wouldn't say that it was bad. Um, it really has just my going into it with how I'm going into it. I think you are right. And I also think that, I, I mean, we've mentioned on MVM Plus that I just haven't played video games in a long time. And the types of video games I've played, even when I was playing video games like nine months ago, they're not story well, involved yeah, games. More Nintendo right? focused, more they're platformer like, focused. Exactly. I, I haven't played a story game in 15 years, 20 years. I'm not even kidding. It might be that long. It's, yeah, probably, it's probably since high school. Well, no. Well, maybe we played Resident Evil 5. five. Yep. Exactly. That was the last time that we I played a story based game. Yeah. <laughs> that was in college. Oh. Yeah, dude. So I'm telling you, it, and I honestly think there's some sort of, it's like if, if you haven't picked up a book in 15 years and you start trying to read a book, it's going to be harder for you to read that book, right, than somebody that reads a book regularly, just, mm. to, just to get immersed in that medium again, Yeah, right? just understanding uh, basic, like understanding level design where a game wants you to go. and Exactly. Uh, just simple things. Yeah. Just simple things. Not that this game is like complex as far as where it wants you no, to go. It's like, not. It's pretty linear. It's, it's really a straight line, mm-hmm. uh, but there's a couple been a couple parts where I'm like, I feel like I'm running around in a circle in the dark right here. Um, that helps whenever I moved. I had like this uh, one of those portable sort of TV screen cases mm-hmm. that my friend let me borrow, and I was just playing it on there because it was already hooked up and it was easy to plug in and play. But once I moved it to the TV. It was a lot easier to see. So <laughs> I'm glad I moved it to the TV. That that made my experience a lot better. Uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, just generally speaking, um, there's there has there's only been a few times where I've been like, I'm not quite sure where to go right now. But for the most part, it's been straightforward. The gameplay's been f- fun. Um, yeah, it's just the the medium has been a little tedious for my old man tendencies at this point. Uh, and I just need to retrain that muscle. And I probably am just going to watch the show first. And then if I still want to play the game after that, I'll play it, but I'll play it at the pace that I want to play it at. Mm, okay. All right. I've never yeah. been more disappointed in you, but that's fine. It's fine. Uh, <laughs> I know, man, I, I was a little worried in texting. you. I'm like, Oh my gosh, Alex is going to, to crucify me for this one. Mm. Thinking about it. <laughs> uh, but enough Last of Us. That might be the longest part of this entire episode, so we should probably jump in and talk about this movie. Let's do it. <laughs> in 1959, director, writer, and producer Ed Wood released his $60,000 sci-fi vampire zombie horror flick, Plan 9, from Outer Space. After 20 years of virtual silence, it found a new audience after the Medveds named it the worst film ever made in their Golden Turkey Awards. But does Plan 9 deserve this hate? Or is this the case of a so bad it's good, but just late? 
Mm. What do you think, Alex? Yeah, this is an interesting one. Uh, First, I will go ahead and say this about the film. It's nowhere near as bad as I've been led to believe. And yes, some of the poorer qualities of the film uh, are part of its charm. (laughs) But there's something really earnest about it, too. You know, we get this horrendous narrator. It's incredible. The lines that come from this guy. I I can't... (laughs) (laughs) there's one where he's the guy is walking he's still mourning over his wife that's dead but actually roaming as a zombie in the in the uh (laughs) in the graveyard and he picks up a rose or it's not even a rose he picks up a flower and it's just like think of the rose on her cheek and it's just so (laughs) it's so ham-fisted and wonderful because of just how it's delivered. It's awesome. And then there's yeah. the dialogue. Like there's the grave robbers or the, the grave diggers that just have the terrible dialogue. It's wonderful. There's just so many bad lines that are just trying to sound suave and are anything but. And then there's like this choppy editing, really rapid pacing especially in the first 20 minutes like we talked about Eric I texted you I said I think I'm 20 minutes in and I feel like I've seen three quarters of the plot <laughs> like, the, the, the film it's just it's just all over the place and and just like the plot I just think this entire film is otherworldly I say all that to say this it doesn't deserve the hate <laughs> yeah no I so the film for me at least had me entertained for its first 60 or so minutes in that so bad it's good sort Mm. of way every minute was filled with another unbelievably bad moment that it became quite remarkable to me really (laughs) um but what makes a film so bad that it's good is that sincerity of trying to be good you you hit the nail on the head when you said earnest i think earnest is the right (laughs) word for this film Plan 9 is trying to be a genre film epic, but it just can't. And I know some will try to blame this on, on the budget. Uh, I mean, $60,000 isn't something that you can just kind of shake away for 1957 when this mm-hmm. movie was made, right. released in 59. But I, I don't think you can blame it solely on the budget. No, uh, It starts with the writing, and then it goes to the directing, which directly impacts the acting. Um, actually, some of the effects and design choices aren't so bad in a sincere <laughs> sort of way. Um, but it really starts with the writing of this film. Yeah, 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 it definitely does start with the writing. And I think you've hit the nail on the head that while there are some budget shortcomings here, none of them are elements that really detract from the film. Uh, I, I because there are a lot of things that I am surprised about in the film, both in good and bad ways. But I was surprised often at the execution of the inspector zombie. He looks phenomenal. This is the big zombie with the white eyes. And he keeps that same face the whole time. Mm-hmm. He is so great. He is scary looking. Yeah, And I was impressed that after the previous two monsters that we get, you know, Dollar General Elvira 
and this weird Dracula that's here for some reason, even though they're all supposed to be zombies, right? It 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 was just so. It's like, when you look at the selection of zombies that we get, it's like. You just wanted to have your cake and eat it too. You couldn't decide oh, between sure. zombies and you couldn't and Dracula, so you were like, "Oh yeah, why not both?" Yeah, exactly. And, and Eric, you did mention budget, and that does come into play, especially with there's even a, a line that pokes fun at it with how often we visit the cemetery. Someone mentioned that they're going to have to uh, invest in it. Yeah, I think yeah, invest yeah. in some real estate in the place or something like that. I believe yeah. you said, yeah. But it's the lack of the budget that highlights some of the elements that make this film actually work. Now, some of it is probably unintentional. Like, I absolutely love the airplane scenes where they're in the cockpit. It's because they're absolutely hysterical. They're <laughs> yeah. so funny because they have these cardboard-looking handles in this weird little box area. And this wrinkly curtain in the back. Like, Mm -hmm. it's just (laughs) the budgeting limitations. But it makes it so charming. Yeah. And it makes it so wonderful. And I I actually really enjoyed the moments where the the budget was a shortcoming. But it's like Mm -hmm. you said, the, the, the outright bad parts are actually, we should be pointing fingers more at the writing and not the budget. Yeah, uh, and for me, it starts to kind of go downhill in the last part of the film. The, the so bad it's good aspect starts to dissipate when yeah. we get about an hour in. For me, there's no saving grace in that last 20 or so minutes, oh. which includes even more exposition from our evil aliens that makes so little sense it hurts my head. Um, some of it still makes me laugh, but it loses its novelty when the scene extends beyond five minutes. And then somehow the ending still feels abrupt, which I don't get it. But despite the the prolonging of the ending, and then it just ends suddenly in a blaze of fire. It's it's rather quick. Yeah, it is rather quick. But I don't know if I felt, again, I guess this week, that if I felt like it was quite as abrupt as you did, maybe because at this point I was kind of ready for the movie to be over. (laughs) Yeah, But I, I did enjoy the moments on the ship, I think, a little bit more than you, where the aliens are taking their long, extect, extended talk about solar or might, which is just supposed to be solar dynamite, I guess. Um, I actually like this concept that, you know, we evolved these bombs to blow up different things, and then we're eventually going to create a bomb that could destroy everything that light touches. I, I think that's actually kind of cool. I can actually see humanity probably doing something like that. Um, but it, it's really the concept that I think I, I like more than what this film is doing. Because it's a little weird in its execution. Because it, it feels like it's trying to say something really interesting. And it kind of is ish. Ish. Very ish. But <laughs> then the aliens, it almost feels like the aliens are the good guys. After they yeah, explain what they're does. trying to prevent them, right? They're trying to save everyone. They're trying to prevent them from uh, eventually kill it, wiping out the universe. And then... Uh, kind of an Ultraman tie-in, Alex. <laughs> that's it. That's it. Then Zafi showed up and everything, mm-hmm. and the plot changed. <laughs> um, 
But then our heroes kill the aliens, and I'm like, did they just kill the good guys? And we just didn't, <laughs> we didn't know. Um, it's it's quite funny, I guess, in that way. But the the real problem with the film, though, for me, is that its charm and the hokiness of just the overall vibe of the film. For me, it actually faded away after about forty minutes. Mm-hmm. And after that, I really started to miss the narration that disappeared. I really started to miss all the scenes with a minimal budget, and the the even the uh, even the dialogue improves a little bit, and it makes the film less entertaining when it does improve, mm-hmm. like halfway through the movie. Um, and then when when that stuff kind of. When we do get to the spaceship, I was relieved because I'm like, oh, it's like trying to say something. It's doing its best. <laughs> it's, it's really trying to do something interesting here. And so I, I did appreciate that. But the, the, the charm of the movie is definitely there, but it does fade as we go on. Yeah. What about you? You got anything? We're, we're going to get into some of our favorite moments in our awards, I'm sure. Oh, I'm sure. But. I would just stress again how strongly this film wants to be something epic and even literary. Oh. The voiceover is what got me most. There were so many moments where it sought to be profound, but it came across as written by a 12-year-old trying to be profound. Uh, and it starts with those opening moments of Criswell, our narrator, speaking. He says, greetings, my friend. We are all interested in the future, for that is where you and I are going to spend the rest of our lives. And remember, my friend, future events such as these will affect you in the future. Yeah. I mean, oh <laughs> that's just amazing. It says future so many times. I could not uh, believe some it. Some other highlights include Pillow Talk. Oh, yeah. The Grave Diggers. Ooh. And, of course, the origin of the Wakandan greeting. Oh, Alex. yeah. It was here. It all started here. <laughs> They even have like the purple suits. It's pretty amazing. Oh, was it? Were they purple in the color version? Because you watched the color version, right? I did. Mm. I did. Uh, speaking of which, Alex, and speaking of Wakanda, MVM Plus today, we might have a short Monsters vs. Men episode, but our MVM Plus goes on a little long because we discuss and debate Wakanda forever, which, as timely as we are, we yes. were able to release uh, this week. For everybody to listen to. Um, Even Alfie uh, slash Archer gets to chime in a little bit for this week's MVM Plus episode. He had a lot to say. He had a lot to say. Now, he's only seen the trailers, but we're going to watch it this weekend. So he's kind of mad at me spoiling it for him. Yeah, come on. You just lost dad points for that. You can find MVM Plus over at patreon.com forward slash MVM pod, where if I'm correct, our... February special is going Valentine's to continue into March and you'll be able to get access to this episode and all of our uh, episodes for $2 a month. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, so this is the Valentine's day special and we are yep. just very excited to, to be sharing that with you all. Valentine's day special that you all are receiving here in a couple weeks after yeah, Valentine's. Exactly. But we've extended it for that's you. That's because that's how much love Will we you have to give. Our Valentine. <laughs> Will you be our Valentine? <laughs> exactly, exactly. That's how much love MVM has to give to you. Uh, awards, Alex. It's time to move on. <laughs> guess so, I guess so. Compelling character award. Who do you have? Uh, I had the narrator. <laughs> 
I could have listened to this man talk the entire time. Oh yeah, because those were this those were the funniest moments in the entire film for me. Was yeah. like you described it perfectly, Eric. This is a twelve year old doing his best to sound deep. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's so good. Yeah, it's so good. Mm. Mm-hmm. My compelling character is Larry. Larry is Officer Larry, who <laughs> is hilarious. I I genuinely wonder. I don't know. Because so many of the moments that are profound, like like this, if this guy wrote a book and was like t- told us the whole thing was a joke, uh, I was just trying to be completely silly. I would believe it because it is completely silly. But I don't really think that's the case. I think I think he was legitimately trying to write an epic, and it just cool. wasn't good at parts. Mm-hmm, but sure. I do wonder if this part, like some of the parts with the officers, they are meant for laughs like they are funny on purpose and i think officer larry is a funny character on purpose because <laughs> officer larry it's just his character arc that's so inspiring alex it is inspiring. <laughs> uh, he <laughs> first of all he offers these grand theories and then he's shut down by his lieutenant <laughs> and mm-hmm. his and then he goes oh that's why you're the lieutenant <laughs> <laughs> or you're spot on lieutenant um he is just quick to concede his point. Uh, and then finally, he offers up a theory of something. It's something simple like, we need to go down into the hole to see what's in the hole. And his lieutenant is like, yep, you've got that right. You're already learning. <laughs> what a character arc for our character, Larry Alex. Just exponential growth in this film for a lot of our characters. It's just seismic in a lot of seismic. ways. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, most memorable line award. Oh boy. Uh, there are a lot to choose from here. Uh, but it was just another one of these moments that just made me scratch my head and laugh out loud. And this was from Colonel Tom Edwards, who said, for a, tri- for a time, we tried to contact them by radio, but no response. <laughs> then they attacked a town. A small town, I'll admit. But nevertheless, a town of people. People who died. <laughs> It's so good. Oh. There's so much in that line. It's so great. Oh, I love it. I love it. Dude, there's so many. The lines yeah. are so good. Here's another one. Okay. I believe this is the one that wraps up the whole film. Okay. Perhaps on your way home, someone will pass you in the dark. And you will never know it. For they will be from outer space. <laughs> What? That doesn't make any sense. <laughs> that doesn't make any sense. Uh, we were just trying to get to the end of the movie at that point, Alex. We just needed the final closing touches. Oh, There's the other one. At the funeral of the old man, unknown to his mourners, his dead wife was watching. <laughs> 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 oh man no it, it's full of those it is absolutely full of these lines it's quite amazing um what about your can't believe that acting award <laughs> yeah i can't believe that acting award i already kind of hinted to it earlier <laughs> i guess i didn't but it kind of did uh, It goes to the inspector i love that he you know he shows up he takes charge of the crime scene he, they ask if he's going to be okay to walk off into the dark. He said, yeah, he's, he's going to get a flashlight. And then once he gets murdered and they dig him up, 
I think he is definitely the best of the three undead characters here. Mm-hmm. While the woman mm-hmm. oh, is absolutely yeah. terrifying to look at, just mm-hmm. in general, he is actually scary. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and he is the best makeup job here, for mm-hmm. sure. Uh, he really impressed me. And he had to keep his face like that the whole time. With that poor man, he his, his face muscles. Ooh. That guy. Yeah. What about you, Eric? Uh, mine was... Bella Lugosi, uh, as old man. Oh, are you talking about uh, Bella or the stand-in that they frequently swap spots? Well, I'm talking about Bella. You know, uh, just because nobody has ever really done that that transformation uh, into a skeleton quite like he did. Oh, um, yeah, that was that was method acting at its <laughs> finest. <laughs> no, but you know, Alex. Yeah. Bella Lugosi died while yeah. this movie was being filmed. Yeah, which is why they had to use a different actor in some of it. Yeah, yeah, which is <laughs> wild. Yeah. Um, well, but, he really went out on top, Eric. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Reprising the role that made him famous, basically. <laughs> Bella Lugosi. Oh, no, see. Oh jeez! All right, Alex, uh, that's a good shot award. What you got? Oh, um, I think the shot of the cockpit, <laughs> straight on when they're getting they have the, <laughs> they have the, the spaceship fly over top uh, with mm-hmm. its string attached to it, of course, and they have to do like the oh no, we're shaking, but they have their little cardboard <laughs> handles that they're holding, and they're yeah. just so flimsy. That moment was like when I knew this movie was for me. (laughs) (laughs) That's amazing. Yeah. Uh, Mine is actually a legitimately, I think it's a good shot. It's when the inspector rises from the grave. This was the Uh, first good effect of the movie. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Maybe that's why it stood out. It was really good. Uh, I thought it was good. Yeah, that was good. Uh, Unique award. You've hit on this already, Alex, but I'll tell you mine. Mine was my favorite undead character, uh-huh. and it is the Inspector. The oh. Inspector is awesome. Um, legitimately scary. Um, really the most zombie-like of our characters as well. Because, mm-hmm. um, yeah, this is a weird blend of, of movies. I think I think John was trying to pull one over on us with this one. Yes. But uh, this this is the most zombie-like character is um, the Inspector. Yeah, for sure. For sure. I agree with you on that. And then my unique award was the greatest 20 minutes of cinema award. And that is the first 20 minutes of this film. There is nothing better than the first 20 minutes of this film. <laughs> it is a wild experience that I think everybody should witness. Um, whether you, you, We were watching this together, basically, yeah. uh, texting each other. And for the first 20 minutes, we're just like, couldn't believe what we were watching. And you texted me at one point saying the pacing of this thing is unreal. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It was. It was so insane. (laughs) Like we, yeah, I think you responded with like, after 20 minutes or so, we'd already hit the climax. (laughs) Yeah, we had. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. We did. The the first 20 minutes of this movie is just like pure cinema and everybody should watch (laughs) at least that part of it. Yeah, just watch those first 20 minutes. You've probably got enough, honestly. <laughs> uh, final thoughts and tiered rating, Alex. Uh, I'll go ahead and start. Okay. I think this is an earnest film. Uh, I think that is the best thing that you can say about it. I really think they go for it. 
um, director, writer, Ed Wood, he made a movie and he released it. <laughs> he made a movie. And he tried. He really tried hard, uh, it feels like. Though, if for some reason he wrote something and told me, no, like it was, this was all satirical and you guys just fell for it and have been making fun of me and I've been laughing in my grave for <laughs> 50 years, I would laugh because, yeah, I mean, I, I could see it. I don't think that's the case, but uh, I, I could definitely see it. Um, yeah, I I, th- I think the last 20 minutes really starts, starts to irk me a little bit. Um, I did enjoy watching this movie for the most part. Uh, I can't tell you much about I like I'm gonna forget what this movie was actually about mm-hmm. <laughs> here in about ten minutes. Yeah, uh, <laughs> but I will remember the overall tone and the feeling of this movie, um, and some of the just outrageous dialogue that that made me laugh. Um, so yeah, I this is a Gabra tier for me, um, but it's a fun Gabra tier uh, that. I could I could recommend to to some people uh, if you are if you are into the so bad it's good category of film. Now I I will be curious to see if any of hmm. our future films in this series will kind of draw upon this as inspiration, or we'll look back at Plan Nine and say <laughs> uh, there was the origin of the campy zombie movie, right? <laughs> Um, it'll be interesting to see where this kind of falls in our zombie series here. Yeah. Yeah. I am interested to see where (laughs) where things land. I, I, I'm with you. I think Eric, part of me wants to put this in a low gamma tier just because of how fun a lot of it was for me. Just how outrageous it is. Mm-hmm. But if I'm grading it based on filmmaking <laughs> and like whether it is a good or a bad movie, then yeah, I, I would probably put it at a Gabra tier. But mm-hmm. I'm going to put it at the lowest of low Gabra tiers just because of the amount of laughs I got out of this. There's a okay. pretty good laughs. And I'm definitely going to remember that opening dialogue where he says future three times. For quite a while, actually. Um, so I want to, <laughs> I, I give this for the good laughs. I can recommend this to people who just want to sit and watch a hilarious movie. I am very interested in watching the Mystery Science Theater version of this mm-hmm. um, now for, for uh, even more laughs, I'm sure. Yeah. Uh, I, yeah, I didn't know they have one, but I am sure that they do a great job at watching this movie and making commentary because uh, there's so much to talk about here. So much. <laughs> so much. Um, all right, Alex. Hey, next week we are going to put a poll up, I believe, on Patreon or Twitter and or Twitter, um, kind of recommending our next film that we're going to watch in this series. So be on the lookout for that. That's going to be at at patreon.com forward slash MVM pod, or you can follow us at Twitter on Twitter at MVM underscore pod. Um, we'll have a couple options there. As we start to get into the sixties, we have hit the thirties, we've hit the forties and 
Now the 50s with Plan 9 from Outer Space. Next up is the 60s, where starting here, we're probably going to watch a couple films and then have an audience choice film um, for our next zombie film. So go ahead, take a look at those polls, and we will catch you next week. As always, thank you for listening to Monsters vs. Men. You can leave us feedback on Plan 9 from Outer Space at mvmpod.com or email us at mvmpod at gmail.com. Become a bargain base my at patreon.com forward slash mvmpod, and you can receive weekly bonus content. That special is still on. Monsters vs. Men is produced by Alex Cornette. Executive producers are Kevin Alexander, Faye Basier, John Freeman, and Michael Herndon. Special thanks to our wives, comma, Rock Band for PlayStation 3, which forms Cell Block B, Louis Loops, Senior Honda, Drew the Collector, our Instagram connector, and you, the listener for listening until next time don't be like the old man character and just die suddenly off screen <laughs> and, and try, try to, to stay, stay alive mafia wake up wake yeah, up he didn't stay alive <laughs> no, he, he you have created a monster and it will destroy you Um, director, writer, Ed Wood, he made a movie and he released it. <laughs> he made a movie. And he tried.